Welcome to Season 1, Episode 2. Hello everyone, welcome to the Tale of Mankind show episode 2. I am Aniket Gupta, the founder of the Tale of Mankind, SDGs and Human Rights. This campaign is to promote SDGs and human rights education and making it reach to every classroom of the world. Because children are our future and it becomes our duty to amplify their voices and empower them to become change makers because young people has the power to change the world. In this episode with me, I have my co-host Ms. Shivika Agarwal. Our guest in this episode is someone really special, Mr. Anil Swaroop. He served Indian Administrative Services for over 30 years. During his service, he held various portfolios. Some of them are Coal Secretary of India, Education Secretary of India, and Export Commissioner of Ministry of Commerce and Industry. With his recent publication, Not Just a Civil Servant, he has garnered love and appreciation as an author too. We welcome you wholeheartedly, sir, on our show and we are thankful to share your precious time with us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. Thank you so much, sir. So, as you know that we have been going through such global crisis, the coronavirus, so, what role educators and stakeholders in education sector play, in your opinion, to fight against this invisible enemy, especially where the the country is under lockdown and schools and colleges are being closed? You know, we, we there are issues over which we have no control. Coronavirus being one of them, it has come from elsewhere, not a creation within the country. But we have to manage it. And I think teachers and parents have a very important role to play. Fortunately, we have technology in India today, wherein we can reach out to both parents as well as children through the technology portal. Uh, I have been in touch with a large number of teachers and students directly as well. And I've been suggesting to them that there's so much good material that is available on the net that can be utilized to make best use of the time that is becoming available now. For example, for the teachers, there is a portal called Teachka, which can actually enable teachers to upgrade their skills, their knowledge, their competencies. They should use that portal as much as possible. Similarly, there's another portal created by the government, which is called SWAM, which can be used both by the teachers and the children. You can go on and on. There's so much material that is available on the internet. And fortunately, the internet services are available. They're pretty good. And I would suggest to all the parents, all the teachers, and all the children, to make use of this time to use the good material that is available on the net and utilize the time to upgrade their skills to improve the knowledge sphere and so on and so forth. Great explanation, sir, that uh, yeah, we must use this time to upgrade our skills. And so, sir, my next question to you is that do you think our education system is changing with time? Like, is it able to serve the students with required skills and uh, perspective, the mindset they need to live in 21st century? 
cannot be absolutely correct to say that the education system is not evolving with times. It indeed is. The nature of education system or the education that I had during school has undergone a total transformation now. It's very different now. But yeah. there is always scope for improvement. And I think here again, technology can play a very, very important role. Something which we in our schools found very, very boring can now be taught in a manner that the child enjoys his learning. In our times, there were occasions when we found sitting in the class extremely, extremely boring because of the manner in which uh, lectures were being delivered. Now, it can be very different. Uh, children can enjoy learning, and that is something that can be utilized through use of technology, where learning can be yes. become a joyful experience. I think that's very, very important for a child to be engaged. It has to become a joyful experience. And again, as I said earlier, technology can be a great game changer in that sense. Rightly said that, but when we talk about the technology, if it is rightly used, then it can be really grateful or beneficial. But if it is used in wrong way, that uh, then it can be uh, really, really bad. So uh, what do you want to say on it? You know, um, you can't avoid technology technology is there to stay now it can we create such uh, programs and features uh, using technology that learning as i said becomes attractive rather than other aspects of technology which can be disturbing which can mislead the child the challenge now is to make the positive learning process as attractive as the attraction of uh, something which you would want the child not to learn so that's the challenge and I'm glad that the number of agencies that are, that are at it and trying to create such programs and software which are useful for children. Uh, so what really needs to be done is for teachers to understand these software, make best use of it and provide requisite exposure to the children so that they are not merely exposed to the negative part of technology, they're also exposed to the positive part of technology which can be used for improving their knowledge skills yeah everything so if we conclude then everything comes on to education after all so uh my next question is that uh, do you think that uh, we are uh, we are changing the ways of teaching what we used to do 20 years back and what we are doing now i have traveled widely uh, as education secretary in the country in fact i visited 24 states and went deep inside. Yes, and went deep inside, not merely the headquarters. And I found that the whole methodology has undergone a change. Actually, it has indeed. And a lot of places, the technology is being used. In a place like Maharashtra, um, more than 60,000 government primary schools have gone digital. So it's not that it's the same. And as I keep saying, there's a lot of scope for improvement. But we must accept the fact that a lot of change has actually happened and more should happen. Uh, we were moving in that direction and I hope we will continue to move that direction. Perhaps the pace has to improve. So things are changing. It's not that they're not changing. We should not be cynical about things not happening on the ground. They are indeed happening. The tragedy is that we are not learning as much as we should from what is happening on the ground because our focus is so much on the negativity part of it. We look at the negative part of what is not happening rather than looking at what is happening and trying to understand how it is happening and try to replicate it is happening. 
I gave you this example of Maharashtra. It's a it's an amazing example because I remember having walked into a government primary school, which I was told did not have electricity, and found that every child had a tablet. And I asked the teacher, how did that happen? And where is the electricity coming from? He took me around the school and showed me a foldable solar panel by which he was charging the batteries. And through the batteries, they were charging these tablets. So I asked him, where did you get these tablets from? He said that when I came to the school, there were about 40, 50 odd children of all shapes, size, and ages. And half of them didn't come to the school. So he had a second-hand laptop and he used to play these educational videos, mind you, again, use of technology to these children and they got very fascinated with it. They used to sit around the, uh, uh, the laptop and watch what was being shown. After two months, uh, about 20-odd parents came to the school asking the teacher that earlier they were not coming to the school. Why are the children now running to the school? What has the teacher done? And the teacher told them the story about how he got the children engaged in, in learning. And when he found these parents, interested he asked them to contribute 500 rupees each so that he could buy two more tablets now these were poor parents but they contributed and he bought these two tablets and attached them to his laptop and then the children were divided into three groups now this passion of the teacher went around and a CSR funding agency and an NGO visited the school and when they spoke to these passionate teacher they were very very impressed so this CSR funding agencies agreed to fund tablets for all children and a smart screen didn't stop here and tweeted it he suddenly became a national hero all the teachers around the school started visiting the school to look at how this teacher was doing and in their own small way they started replicating it in the meanwhile i met the president of india and narrated this wonderful story i had met him in a different context altogether but I, since i had time i narrated the story and i asked the president whether he would like to meet this wonderful teacher he agreed so I called the teacher over to Delhi. He met the president of India. A photograph was taken. It was tweeted. And suddenly, this teacher named Sandeep Gun became a national hero. And the story doesn't end here. This inspired 60,000 schools of Maharashtra to replicate what was happening in Pastepada. So as I said earlier, in Maharashtra, more than 60,000 schools have these tablets and these digital boards where children are learning. So the point that I'm trying to make here is a lot of good work is happening. I have been trying to encourage people to look at this good work, to understand how it is happening. In fact, post-retirement, I've started a movement called the Nexus of Good. And the idea of this movement is to, see, to look around and see what good work is happening and try and appreciate that good work, try and learn from that good work, try and replicate that good work, try and scale that good work. I'm glad this movement is gradually growing. People are learning. More and more good work is now being roadshowed. And people are appreciating the fact that good can happen because it is actually happening and so more people are trying to do good so again the point that i'm trying to make here is a lot of good work is happening around us yes there are huge problems but the point is can we learn from the good work that is happening around us both in the field of education and otherwise yeah i i know about your platform it's a, it's a great platform because it's there is a great need to identify and replicate the good works happening around us and even my sister's story of her initiative history diaries has been published on your platform and she was really happy about it wonderful congratulations i think those are the stories that we need to narrate we need to appreciate we need to propagate we need to learn from them yeah 
so sir uh, with the time the importance of skill education is being highlighted so don't you think we need to bring educational reforms in school education to uh, to at least uh, bring experiential learning hands on learning into our system see i don't know whether you call them educational reforms or something else uh, there is a broad agreement that skills should be given the due place in the entire curriculum no one disagrees with it what we have to do is to see why is that not happened when everyone agrees it has not happened because of the general demand in the society yeah. uh, unfortunately over the centuries we've always believed that what happens with the head is superior to what happens with the hand so uh, skill development especially manual work is not treated at par with the mental work I'm not trying to say whether it's right or wrong, but that's how it is. So yes. everyone, every child uh, would not like to do work with his hands. He would like to do with his mind because that's that's what that pays off later in his life. However, gradually what is happening is a lot of value is being extended to manual work as well, work with hand. Yes. And I don't know whether you're aware, uh, CBST has actually introduced uh, skill related papers in class 9 10 and 11 and 12 yes, which sir. was not there as a part of the formal curriculum so there has there is a movement in that direction as i keep saying a lot more needs to be done as gradually there will be a greater acceptance for skill development uh, as as a part of uh, curriculum uh, it it is happening and i think more will happen in due course i do agree on this point sir that the board has taken initiative to introduce skill education but very few schools are implementing it in their schools most of the schools are just keeping students away from taking the advantage of this skill education uh, initiative skilling you have to have some number of children sitting there if the number is too small the schools will not find it viable to do it Government schools may be forced to do it, but generally schools will not do it. Now, yes. I'm not a great that is forcing people to do things. We yes. should create value around an idea and a proposition for it to happen. You can always, I mean, the easiest thing to do is to pass an order and ask them to obey it. It doesn't work. It doesn't last long. It's so long as the people who are at the receiving end find value in what you're trying to tell them to do, it won't sustain over a period of time. Yeah, it can be taken but not completely agreeable. So sir, uh, now let's go ahead and my co-host Shivika Di would love to ask you some questions. So Shivika Di, are you there? Yeah, so I completely agree with you that a lot of good work has been taking place. But I want to ask your view that I am of the view that uh, this good work is taking place in isolation. Uh, so how we synergize it because there are various NGOs working in the sector, especially uh, first time education. Uh, so once, uh, the one I know is Avishkar, uh, which, is, um, which is working to induce innovative ideas to STEM education more interesting. And But I what I feel is that all this work is taking place in isolation. There is no uh, thing like synergy to it, so that it must movement that uh, spur change in education. I, I, totally, 
what no, I, I, I totally was... agree with you. I think the tragedy of our good work is that good work is happening in isolation and they're not getting connected. If you heard me right, the whole movement of Nexus Good is precisely for this purpose. Let us try and understand what all good work is happening. Let us connect good work. That's the Nexus that I'm talking of. Let's learn from each other. That's how the goodness can grow. The tragedy is that all the rascals and ruffians of this world have come together and they are making life hell for others. But the good work is not coming together. It's not scaling. It's not learning from each other. That's the whole idea of Nexus Good. Even as Education Secretary, I tried to set up a portal called Shala Sarthi. Unfortunately, it's dormant now. But fortunately, based on what was done in Shala Sarthi portal, where all the good work that has been done in the education sector by the NGOs and the government jointly are being housed in that portal. Based on that, now these the Ministry of uh, Corporate Affairs is, has set up a group which I am chairing to set up another portal for CSR funding where all the good work that is happening, all the work that is happening in the CSR domain along with NGOs will be hosted on a particular site, categorized so that people can learn from, from each other. They can fill in the gaps wherever they're available. I think this sort of effort should have happened earlier, but better late than ever, it started now. And hopefully in the next two months, we'll have that site up and going uh, and people will benefit from it as they would benefit from Nexus Good. I think more effort requires is required to first locate and identify those good work that is happening, then have the courage to appreciate that good work, then try and see how it happened, how that good work happened, try and see if it could be replicated and scale. That's the only way forward. I totally agree with you. This isolation of good has to go. I think the good has to come together. Let us make an effort. I would request you to join the Nexus yeah. of Good, go to the portal, try and host positive stories. Look at the positive stories that are already there. Try and see whether you can learn from them. I've been learning a lot from the good work that is happening. And my inspiration from this story that I narrated of Pastepada, that's when I discovered that if you can highlight good work, it tends to scale as it did in that case. And I have a number of stories where I can narrate where scaling has actually happened. More needs to happen. And uh, so my next question is that um, various policies are being formulated and uh, various committees are also instituted from time to time to review the status of education system. But uh, no such committee or high level forums that are created for the same have student representatives. So what's your take on it? Like, can't we my, have- My, my take is very different on this. I am, uh, when, when Dr. Kasturi Rangan was chairing the new education policy committee, when he came to meet me, I told him, don't waste your time. Uh, okay. What India needs is just a single line education policy, providing quality education to every child in the country. Thereafter, don't worry about the policy, get down to action to plan. Work out for each state, what needs to be done, how it will be done, who will do it, by when it will be done and monitor it. What this country lacks is action on the ground, not policies, yeah. policies and policies. We have too many policies. People know what needs to be done. It is not being done. And hence, we, what we need to do is to understand how it can be done. Because once we understand that, we'll be make, able to make it happen. In fact, my entire book, if you, I have written a book called Not Just a Civil Servant. The entire yeah. book is based on making things happen in the government. How do you make things happen? Don't talk, walk. That's what civil servant is paid for. That's what each one of us is paid for. Make things happen on the ground. I mean, we've been talking quite a lot and policy is the easiest thing to come up with. There'll be a lot of discussions and everyone will talk about it. 
but no one i mean people who are actually involved in actual implementation were not even a part of that policy group there was not a single teacher on it forget the students now how can you have a policy where the person who's impacted by that policy is not in that group i had protested mm-hmm. when i was secretary i was overruled that's how the policy has come and that's why it's not being implemented we been talking about yeah. policy for past 7 years but nothing has moved on the ground what really needs to be done is to move on the ground and we demonstrated it we created action plan for the state of up and jammu and kashmir fortunately in jammu and kashmir it started happening and i'm hopeful that it will have, have happen in up and how did we prepare that we looked at the specific problems of that particular state now the problem is that we sit in delhi and we believe that all wisdom rights resides here if you have a single yeah. policy how will you solve the problems of kerala and up in kerala if a teacher doesn't go to the school he'll be lynched in up the teacher takes it as his right not to go to school they have these parrot teachers coming in and teaching in their place so there are different places require different intervention and hence we can't think in terms of just one policy for the entire country we have to look at specific action plan for a specific region region taking it into account the specific requirements of that particular place not a policy uh, at the national level so i completely agree given the diversity of our country and different challenges different regions have we can't go for a single policy i'm thankful shivika dear to you to ask the questions so so my next question to you is that uh, how can we encourage motivate the teachers to take initiative uh, because they are the one who are spending most of the time with the uh, children in the school to to my young friends don't uh, don't ask them to waste the time as well ask them to do what they can do in their own domain everyone is talking about nation building and society building no one is talking about what they can do in their own domain each so, one of us has our own small domain in which we can work they are it's just very easy to advise other what they should do they are just no not merely criticizing no, no i am not even looking at i am looking at advising why become rai sahab yourself try and do what you can in your small small way in your own domain everyone seems to be telling others what they have to do everyone is talking about the nation the society i mean if the individuals did what they had to do i think the society and nation will benefit so today in india you have only talkers and no walkers everyone is talking and telling others what i have been advising i go all around the country even now i talk to students of all shapes sizes and ages and i keep telling them forget about the nation for the timing and the society focus on yourself improve as an individual do what you can do best to the society and stop telling others what they got to do i think there's so much pontification going around what others should do why are you so concerned about they who stops you from taking the initiative you have taken this initiative no it's about they you know the the problem is our cars are obsession with they the others not obsession with ourselves i have been always of the view obsessed with what you have to do try and do what you can do i mean others will do what they can do you have any control over your teachers or anybody else no none whatsoever why bother about it khud hi ko kar buland itna ki har takdeer se pehle khuda bande se puche pata teri raza kya hai you should you should become an evolved individual yourself once you do that people will come to you they will ask you you don't have to go anywhere why should you depend on teacher to do what you wanted to do i did what i wanted to do i did what the teacher wanted me to do but i did what i also wanted to do myself who stopped no one stopped me from doing what i wanted to do and i didn't stop the teacher to, to from telling me what i had to do i did what she wanted to do but there was sufficient time for me to do what i wanted to do that's what i keep telling all the students 
do what you want to do do what you passionately feel about do it but not at the cost of what your teacher tells you because after all she is also looking after your good and benefit you may disagree with her but i think she has more wisdom they they have gone through a greater period of time in life than us sure. so listen to her do what she says but you will still have time to do what you want to do follow your passion i did we completely agree with that. yeah yeah because so i was personally was working with cbri and what i was motivated about uh, to take the social science though i am a civil engineer but then i completed my masters in sociology and i will agree with this that what you are passionate about you do it yourself and then other people slowly and gradually follow you so uh, one question i would like to ask that uh, you were the education secretary so what are the two three things that you got to learn because you got this opportunity uh, to be the secretary which we don't know but you being there uh, um, working on the ground you actually experienced it like you gathered the first hand knowledge what are those two three things about first, education first, the first thing that i learned as i traveled through the country the initial phase of my career was that all wisdom does not reside in delhi there's enormous amount of good work that is happening in around the country second which i knew but i was convinced after i traveled as education secretary was we can't have a single policy for the entire country india is too diverse for people sitting in delhi to pontificate and tell others what they need to do having learned these two things when i came back i revised i managed to get the policies and the programs revised to enable freedom to the state governments to devise their own programs broad guidelines were issued a lot of flexibility was given to the states that is one number two i discovered that i cannot be sitting there as a regulator and a monitor sitting in delhi so i converted myself into a principal facilitator i started helping states in moving it the third thing that i learned that government alone or the ngos alone cannot do work they have to come Uh, uh, work in tandem so i started working on aggressively on public private partnership because i was a great believer that efficiency will come from the private domain that is from the ngo domain and scale will come from the government domain so we started joining hands with the ngos started to scale projects so foundations like akshara foundation which were working only in part of karnataka covered the entire state they moved to odisha uh, ngos like sampar foundation which were only in chatisgarh now have are now presently in seven states of the country ngos like kavala foundation that were only in rajasthan and part of some other state now in about eight states so the number of ngos uh, my role was to help them to reach out to other states to work as a facilitator to road show the good work they are doing and so that it can expand so i had always believed and i became even more convinced as education secretary that i can be a catalyst in creating this sort of a partnership between public sector and private sector thank you so much sir for enlightening us with your experiences at last i would love if you give some advice to the youngsters of our country from your experiences uh this is the easiest thing to do to tell others what they should do Uh, i have no problem saying that from your experiences uh, sir what you have experienced i i i i i have been telling my dear children uh, whenever and wherever i have traveled 
the message that I convey to them is you have absolutely no control over others. The only control that you have is over yourself. So focus on yourself. Try and improve as an individual. Stop bothering about the nation for the time being. Stop bothering about the society. Focus totally on yourself. What you should do to contribute to the society and the nation, not what others have to do. And you can do that by focusing on the present. The past is gone. It's dead and buried. None of us can change the past. Future, we do not know. We have the moments in our hand. And if you can utilize the moment, if you can enjoy these moments, you will evolve as a better individual. And finally, don't compete with others. Learn from others. Unfortunately, our system has evolved in a manner that we started competing with others and we start trying clambering over somebody's shoulder some way or the other instead of not trying to compete with them. Compete with your own self, with your own past, how you've been in the past, how to improve yourself and learn from others. If you just compete with others, you'll not be able to learn from them because they will not allow you to learn from them. They are also competing with you. So don't compete with them, learn from them. These are my few suggestions to youngsters in the country. I think it really makes me agree with the fact that uh, not all the big biggest of problems we consider have biggest of solutions. These are small, small solutions that can bring change. Uh, it was really nice talking to you, sir. It was, it was great hosting you on our show, sir. We would love to have you again on our show and just have a more crispy conversation. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much, Thank sir. You. Thank you.